Hello, and welcome back to the Not-So-Sober Bar Crawl. Uh, a lot's changed in the last couple of weeks. It's uh, now the new normal take two, uh, tier two, lockdown two, electric boogaloo. Um, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty around at the minute, uh, especially with pubs. So this is probably going to be the last episode for a little while. Um, I think pubs and hospitality industry in general have more important things to think about than sitting down for a pint with me and uh, and a chat about things. But, you know, I'll keep talking to pubs. I'll keep trying to get people on and we'll just see see how it goes, really. Um, but yeah, this is a bit of a special episode. Um, so the 46th Sheffield Steel City Beer and Cider Festival uh, was due to start this week. Um, but like everything else, it was cancelled. So I was, actually, I was lucky enough to sit down with the festival organiser, Paul Crofts, a few weeks ago to talk about the beer festival and what actually goes into putting it on really um for those who haven't been before it normally runs from a wednesday to a saturday mid-october sometime in the calamine museum and it is absolutely fantastic um, they have the riverdon steam engine going as well so if you've never seen that before it is it's something uh it just makes you appreciate the engineering feats that went on in the early 1900s it's uh yeah industry and ale like what more do you need um, if you have been before, you know just how good it is. Uh, there's always some spectacular beers on offer. It's just a big social occasion. There's lots of different food and lots of live music as well. It is just, it's a fantastic evening. Uh, I've always been interested as well, just in how they these events get put on and the, how how it works really. So I was, yeah, I was really glad to sit down with Paul and, and have a chat about this, especially how they choose beers as well. I've never that many beers on how how do you choose them how do you, how do you get those beers um so yeah I was it's so nice to pick Paul's brains and yeah lovely bloke and we just had a had a good chat about what it takes to put on a beer festival for for thousands of people really so yeah grab yourself a drink I'm going to take a quick sip of mine um I'm currently drinking a Bradfield Belgian blue out of my special pint glass from the 43rd Sheffield Steel City Beer and Cider Festival. I've still got my uh, my glass from them. Um, but yeah, grab yourself a drink and enjoy, listen along. Uh, it's not a pub, but here it is, the podcast about the Sheffield Steel City Beer and Cider Festival. <laughs> I mean, cheers, first off. Oh, yes. Cheers. Pol- polite way to start these things, eh? <laughs> um, so, I mean, first of all, how, how long have you been involved with, with camera? Uh, not that long, actually. Um, probably about five or six years, mm. that's all. Um, I've been a member for a bit longer, but not an active member. Yeah. Um, but I think it was just... It's probably because I, I was going in pubs with my son and saying to him look at this great range mm. of beer you've got and, I, and I'd be forever saying when are we your age <laughs> you know there was, you walked in a pub and they had one bitter one lager and Guinness yeah and, and that was your choice and if you wanted a different beer you had to go to a different yeah beer. I, I said to him that, that, you know you walk in a place like Shakespeare's and you've suddenly got a dozen pumps or yeah. kegs on the bar and, the, and this massive choice and, and really interesting beers yeah, yeah. you know you just don't know how, <laughs> how lucky yeah. you are really uh, and, and that made me think 
Yeah, Cam- Camera have done a really good job over mm. the years of, 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 well, basically pushing all this this variety in beer. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, I won't mind, won't mind getting involved. Yeah. Um, and I more or less got involved with the branch at the same time as got involved with the festival. Once, once I'd, I'd started on a branch meeting, yeah. and I offered to be one of the committee, um, I then put myself forward to help at the festival at the same time. Because yeah. uh, obviously the branch and yeah. the festival are closely linked. There are there are some people who, who get involved with the festival who aren't involved with the branch, mm. but just about everybody who's involved in the branch yeah, is yeah. in the festival. Uh, so yeah, so I thought, yeah, quite quite fancy yeah. doing that. That was the reason I got my camera membership, was for the for the beer festival. Mm. My mates all laugh at me when I get out in the pub, but <laughs> not, not when it's a pub where, you know, there's a camera discount, and they're yeah. not laughing then. But. Yeah, I, do you know, I, I never I never take it up. Mm. Never. Um, it's always seemed odd to me that, that cameras promoting breweries, promoting good pubs, and we want to help them out, help them survive economically um, and then we turn up with a card yeah. and ask them to knock the profit down and, and I always think this is not helping them I've never <laughs> thought of it that way yeah it's just you know you, you see places that will offer a 20 pence a pint yeah. discount or whatever and I just think well I'm not that desperate for 20 pence no. that I need it and and it's just asking them to take 20 percent, 20 yeah. pence off their profit um, and really for the amount I'm going to drink of time yeah that 20 pence isn't going to make a lot of difference. <laughs> if I could put, you know, two gallons of beer away overnight, then maybe, <laughs> but not at 58. No. <laughs> you said you've not been involved with camera too long. How did you start getting involved with the beer festival? Uh, well, that was, like I said, because of the branch. I started at the branch and, and they said, we're always looking for volunteers at the beer festival. So I went along to one of the meetings. Um, in fact, no, what I think I'd gone to a branch a branch meeting and mm. they were talking about the festival they needed to buy some more wooden chocks for supporting the casks yeah. you know casks traditionally would have three chocks two at the front one at the back mm. and then you move the back one to tilt the cask up and they needed to buy that and they put £600 in the budget for the chocks yeah. so I sort of stuck my hand up and said well where I work um, we sell uh, wooden kitchen worktops and we get quite a few offcuts. Mm. So if we can cut these chocks from the offcuts from yeah, yeah. basically solid yeah. oak, um, I can probably get them for nothing. Save you some money, then. <laughs> uh, which everybody thought was a great idea. Yeah. Um, so what uh, what we did from that the very first time I went to a festival meeting, the chap who was a cellar manager came over to see me and went, "That's a great idea." Uh, but then he said he'd been thinking about making because um, normally with a you put your cask on its mm-hmm. side, you put two chocks at the front, stop it rolling, yeah, yeah. and then one at the back so you can tilt it. But he said in setup, it's quite difficult because quite often as, you, as you're trying to get one in place, the cask moves, one of them flies out to the side, you have to start again. And he'd have this idea of, of the front two chocks fastening them together. Mm. So it just sat as like a V-shaped yeah. piece of wood. So when you put the cask on it, it just sat there and then it was easier to get one yeah. in the back. So we sat down that, that very first one I went to help he sat down this little drawing he got uh, and luckily we got quite a lot of off cuts at work and yeah. I've got a, a decent sliding chop saw at home um, so over the course of the next three months I think I cut a th- about a thousand triangular wow. chops out of either solid oak or walnut or beech or whatever yeah. of course we got 
uh, and I had to cut 150, maybe 180. But there was like a front piece that, mm. that you screwed to the two front chocks. That was like a, a foot long yeah. um, strip of wood. So I had to cut about, yeah, about 180 then. And then we glued and screwed them together. Yeah. Varnished them all. Uh, and we've been using them ever since. Uh, and it makes setting yeah. a lot easier. You can just put a row of these on all your racks and then you can actually put the cask on and it'll stay there because okay. it just sits yeah. in its V-shape and then you just have to come along and put the back ones yeah. on to tilt them. That's awesome. So that was that was sort of my first contribution. Um, and I think it's it's like anything, isn't it? You do something, it works out quite well. Yeah. You feel quite pleased with yourself. You feel yeah. quite satisfied you've done something <laughs> good. Um, and I thought, well, this is great, this. So, yeah. so the following year, I helped out. Um, I think I did press releases. I think I did all the press for mm. the first year. So I did press releases and wrote articles for um, the magazine yeah. and things. Um, what did I do after that? Oh, then the year after was sponsorship. So I did sponsorship yeah. for a couple of years. Um, just going out to people trying to get um, well the one, the one of the ones I was pleased about I got Bradfield to sponsor the what is now the Mill Owners Arms yeah. um, they did a really good sponsorship deal with us um, where they sponsored all that the pint glasses yeah. they gave us quite a few um, quite a few casks at half price and it was a really good deal but I already knew John who owns Bradfield before that mm. um, so that, that worked out quite yeah. well so I did well on sponsorship for a couple of years um, and then Louise Singleton, who was the organiser, who is now the landlady at the Kellerman Tavern. Oh, nice. <coughs> she, um, she said she wanted to step down. Mm. Um, in, fact, I, if, <laughs> in fact, she was saying she wanted to step down, and I think the one, I think it was a Friday or something at the festival, I came in to work my shift, bumped into Louise as I walked in, and she went, you're running it next year. <laughs> <laughs> do I get a choice in this no um, anyhow we sat down at the meeting afterwards and I just said look I haven't got enough I haven't got enough experience or yeah. knowledge to run the festival I said I'm quite, I'll be your deputy you run it this year I'll be your deputy and pick it all up yeah, yeah. and then I might take it on next year um, so we did that and then uh, so I was a deputy for that year and then two years later the two years after that I was the, the organiser yeah. um, and then this year of course yeah it's sadly bit in the dust. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. When when did you make that decision to? Uh, well, it was it was May time really. Yeah. We'd we'd set ourselves a target, um, not a target. We'd set ourselves a like a point of no return. Mm. It was the first of July. We thought if if on the first of July we think we can manage it, yeah, we've still got enough time to sort it. Um, but we can't leave it any longer yeah, to decide yeah. yes or no. Uh, but the more it went on, this was this was. Uh, this was probably in March, April time. Mm. We, we made the decision we were going to have to see what happened, um, and we had a couple of. We didn't have meetings because normally we we have a monthly meeting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the April one we didn't have. I emailed everybody around and said, "Look, we can't go anywhere. Mm. So, this is this is what the agenda is. Yeah. If anybody wants to raise anything, email me, and I'll keep sending messages around. So we sort of did it just by emailing. Yeah. Nobody thought of. Zoom or Microsoft Teams at that point. Um, so just in like an email, and we settled on this first of July. But as it went on, it was obvious we were never, yeah, never yeah. going to manage it. So we, I think it was towards towards the end of May. I just emailed everybody around and said, "There's been a few people made comments about this is not really going to happen, is it? Yeah. Should we just make a decision now and 
stop wasting our time. Yeah. Um, and everybody, you know, well, we had a vote and it was about three quarters of the committee said, yeah, let's cancel it now. Mm. Some, even the people who want, didn't want to cancel it, it wasn't that they didn't want to cancel it, it's just that they wanted to wait till 1st of July yeah. in case it got better. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as, as it's been proved since, it, yeah. was, it was never going to happen. Because, yeah. um, I mean, the committee, the festival committee's got maybe 20 people on it. Mm. It's quite a, quite a lot of people. But yeah, it was it's sad, um, and you know we'll miss it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we got a few new things planned this year because uh, the bar in the museum has been taken over by the mill owners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the mill owners have been taken over by well the people who own Guard and Kofika. Yeah, they run that. Uh, they're also running what was the old cafe in there. They're running it as a mm. food outlet. So we'd had to make some changes, but what we got lined up was Bradfield to move into what was the keg bar last year, nice. or for the last yeah, yeah. three or four years. And then the museum had given us an extra couple of rooms at the back mm. of the, um, what they call it, the engine room, you know, the big engine is. Yeah. Um, because normally that's closed off, but they'd said we can go from the back corner of the engine room, you go through past the, the whole, uh, holy tool collection, mm-hmm. And then there's a big courtyard and a room at the back. Yeah. So we thought we'd put the keg bar in there. Wow. It would also give us an extra courtyard. So we might have had one or two extra food stores. Yeah. And it would have spread people out a little bit more. So it was quite, it was quite mm. interesting. We thought mm, this could be, could be quite good. Yeah. Um, and last year we did the, we did a, a beer tasting with Roger Props, mm. the beer writer. Yeah, that went down really well. So we got plans to do a couple more things like yeah. that. Um, so I think, I think this year. It, it, it would have been we were worried it was going to be a little confusing because people would come in and they'd be the mill owner's arms which is not part of the festival yeah um, but um, I'd spoken to the the people there and, and said look if, if we have the festival you've sort of got to be part of it yeah um, so they were going to operate sort of on their own but we were going to coordinate beers with them yeah. so they wouldn't have the same as us uh, we'd put their beers in the programme yeah, so yeah. anybody in the festival could go in and go buy in, something yeah. uh, we did say we were going to try and steer people down the side of it's cash in there, but if someone was adamant they wanted to spend the tokens, they would yeah. they would take them and we'd swap them over. Um, the fact they got a food outlet, mm. they said they would vary what food they did so that they didn't yeah, cost really anything good. of our stalls. Yeah. So, you know, if, if we had a, we'd probably have a pizza oven again, they wouldn't do pizzas yeah. and things like that. So it... I could imagine it would have been. It would have, it would have good, just yeah. stepped it on a little bit. Um, we'd already got all the bands booked. Yeah. Because Bob Swift, um, local legend Bob Swift, um, to give me his full title, <laughs> he he does all the entertainment and Bob's fantastic. He, he, I mean, it's the first thing that we get booked every year. We have a meeting in January. Yeah. That's the first meeting, and then we start planning things. You can guarantee at the Fre- at the February meeting, Bob will turn up with a list of which bands are <laughs> booked, how much we're paying, and what time they're on. The, the PA's been booked, the lighting man's yeah. been booked. It's like he's just brilliant at organising it, and he's and he's quick. Um, so he booked all of that. So yeah, we had to put them off. But to be fair, we've put them back to next year. Mm. He went back and said to all of them, "We can't do it." Do you want to book for next yeah. year? So hopefully we've got them all for next year. Yeah, fingers crossed. And we've got he booked a he booked a band. It's quite a big band. It's about twelve of them, I think. Mm. Um, and then sort of like a handful of them operate as a different, like a blues band. Yeah. And then there's like a full band with a bit of brass and one or two other things. Um, so we've sort of got 
the whole lot of them. Yeah. And they did Friday night as one band and Saturday as another, that type of thing. It's great. Um, we'd got the Kellum rapper, the sword dancing chaps on one. <laughs> I say sword dancing they do all sorts of clog dancing and things they were back they've, they've done the last two years yeah. they're really they're really good because they come in and they'll they'll do it anywhere they don't care through yeah. the courtyard in the mill owners in the marquee upstairs they, <laughs> they'll they'll happily yeah. just get the accordion out or the violin and start playing and all start leaping out. And, it, and it's really the fact they move around yeah. is really good um, so yeah there, there were lots of things you're thinking yeah, and then all of a sudden, and it's, it's, and it's gone. So, yeah. Um, so it, well, I said we've no, we've no choice in the matter. Let's let's just hope that next October we're. It's okay for. Yeah, me. I think it, if if everything does go ahead next year, I think it will be, everyone sort of really excited for it because obviously they've had a year without it. It is a year. I've been the last couple of years, and it's always been so good to, just see everyone have a good time. Yeah. Trying beers that you're not really going to find anywhere else. How how do you decide on what which beers to actually have? Well, we have a we have a beer ordering team, mm. um, which is run by uh, three or four people. We we get a bit of advice from from some of the local brewers who yeah. gives a bit of help, um, and things like Josh at Blue Bee, or who also is now landlord at the tap. He'll, he'll do swaps with people and get interesting things yeah. in for us um, we also get quite a bit there's a, a brewery Team Toxic um, who also do a lot of swaps with people and they, they get us a lot of yeah. different things uh, and then we just we just have um, there's two or three orderers and they, they just sort of put word out yeah. what they're looking for um, we try and get try and get some stuff <coughs> so that there's always certain things at the festival because if people travel from afar Abigail Moonshine might be a new thing to yeah. them so let's have some moonshine yeah. um, obviously uh, Bradfield have all the, all the Bradfield mm-hmm. beers they might put some of the specials on like the cherry beer or something like that yeah. uh, one year they, they brought the Belgian Blue launch forward nice. and launched it at the festival um, but we're trying just, just yeah. you, you look for new breweries and then just just what you can get mm. in. either people who will deliver here or or people who can do swaps for us. Yeah. If it's a brewery that's a distance, uh, they might come to Sheffield with a van full of stuff to swap with a couple of pubs, mm. and and then we have a couple of those. Um, but yeah, there's there's certain people who are, who are very helpful at getting things in. Chris Bamford, who runs uh, the Crow and the Rutland. Mm-hmm. Chris is normally good at, at organising some stuff for us. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's. It's a, it's you want lots of interesting stuff and different stuff, mm. and you want to try and get some festival specials, sort of yeah. things, the one-offs that people can try. Um, but you do need one or two things that that you know somebody who isn't quite so sure mm. will go. Oh, I recognise yeah. that. I'll have one of them. Because yeah. much as you'd like to think that, you know, up to six and a half thousand people turn up. Much as you'd like to think all of them are out and out beer geeks or yeah. they'll try everything, and you know they're looking for new stuff. Some of it will be people like that who will bring a friend or two with yeah. them who are not quite so bothered. It's just well, I want a nice pint yeah. of beer, you know. So, so they'll they'll quite happily drink Farmers yeah. Blonde or Deception or something like that. And yeah. and, and, and like I said people who are from out of Sheffield, it's it's not going to be that familiar. To no, them. yeah, definitely. I feel yeah. like a kid in a sweet shop. 
<laughs> so you walk into that the first marquee, you get your tokens, you turn around, there's just so many different yeah. beers and you think, oh, that's, that looks nice, I'll try a bit of that, I'll have some of that. Yeah. That's another thing, I think this year we were talking about the programme, how we label things in the programme mm. to make it a bit clearer what the beers were. Um, one thing that the Rising Sun Festival does, up at Nethergreen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Sunfest. One thing they do in their program is they colour the the title of the beer is I think there's a coloured band through it according to the colour of the beer. Uh-huh. So if it's a dark beer, it's a dark brown band, and if it's uh-huh. a light beer, it's a pale yellow and things like that. That's cool. Um, just just so you can quickly flick through the program. If you fancy a stout or something, you can flick yeah. through the program, and instantly you you can see where the stouts yeah. are, um, rather than skimming through everything in yeah. the program. Uh, so we we got plans to try and do something along those cool. lines. Yeah, you just you just want to make it, just want to make it so it's, people enjoy coming in. Mm. They can try all the different things. Uh, but like I say, if you want to make sure that if they've got a couple of friends who aren't that bothered, yeah, they're, they're still happy to come because yeah. of other things. And this then hopefully they might go. Well, I'll I'll have a try what you've just had. <laughs> yeah. you know? and they go from just drinking something a bit standard. To something interesting. Yeah. You might suddenly be drinking a six and a half percent IPA from yeah. somewhere, and, and you know they're not used to it, and then they realise how good it is. Yeah, I think that's the the best thing about the beer festival as well is when you go with like a group of mates and everyone gets something different, and they might have a sip for that. It's really nice. Oh, let me try a bit, and then I think that's how then you get around. And cause I think I've had it before. Where I've tried something at the beer festival haven't seen it for ages and then being somewhere and all of a sudden you see it again mm. you think but I'm getting a pint of that because I know I've had it ages ago and I know how good it is yeah if it stands out then then you think yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm having that yeah definitely um, it can backfire on you I once went to a pub crawl with some friends there was five of us and we started at Hillsborough mm. uh, started New Barrack then we came New Barrack uh, Hillsborough Hotel we went Wellington and then uh, Tavern Fat Cat Shakespeare's Harley Quinn uh, Mark done Riverside as well, yeah. and every every time we went in, more or less we all had a different beer. Yeah, we just had half, but we would all then, oh let me try a bit of yours, yeah. oh, let me try a bit of that. <laughs> well, that's nice. But by the end of the night, we've done sort of eight pubs and had five different beers in every one, so we've had forty beers, and we've all had a sip on. <laughs> I got a clue with it. <laughs> Somebody would have said to us the next, probably that night, "What's your favourite beer?" We were like, no it does help if you've got a programme in your hand. Yeah, and you can you take, take them off. off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it can, uh, can work against you. <laughs> Why is the festival in Callum Island? What's that was Louise's idea. Mm. Give Louise a due. Louise was, was very good at organising. Yeah. Uh, but she'd been involved when it was at Ponds Forge. I've only ever been involved at Callum mm. Island museum myself but prior to that it was at Ponds Forge which didn't work very well yeah it was apparently wasn't a very good venue you just did a sports hall thinking it's not great yeah um, and and I think they had trouble there was there was one year in particular it was a really hot October mm. like a bit of a freak weather conditions yeah. it was really hot so nobody wanted to go and stand in a, no. in a sports hall yeah. drinking beer they wanted to go out somewhere so the numbers were down yeah. then they were struggling to keep the beer cold because I think at the time they might even have just had the, the, the system you see where people just put tea towels on mm. the top of the barrel spray it with water 
then as it evaporates it sort of takes the heat with it and yeah. cools it down a bit Th- there is a science to that but, but it's not ideal yeah. um, and they were just stri- struggling to keep the beer cold so everybody who was coming in or the few people who coming yeah. in were complaining and they lost a lot of money that year and I think it was Louise she was staffing I think she was staffing officer at the time and I think, I think she'd been convinced to to be the organiser mm. and she had the, the idea of approaching the museum saying yeah. well, could we hold it in here uh, the museum obviously thought well you know, if we charge you enough money yeah. then why not because uh, I think we are now their biggest source of income after really? the Victorian Christmas market wow. which is fine um, but yeah so it was her idea to, to put it in yeah. there and then over the years we've just I think it's it's just been a case of tweaking it. I think we just got a few extra beers. After the first year, you realise what you're selling. You yeah. can add a few on. We got a few sale returns, so we could we could double up on some of the beers. Mm. So we got a second cast behind the first one. If it didn't sell or it sold out, maybe you know early on Saturday, yeah. you could leave the one at the back and not open it and send it back yeah. because you were never going to sell it all. But if it sold out early on Friday you could just drag it forward yeah. tap it and, and get it sold yeah, yeah. Um, so we've tweaked a few things and we've tweaked which where the food stalls go mm. and then we added the keg bar because mm-hmm. initially we didn't have a keg bar and then we borrowed the, the keg bar from Aberdale yeah. um, and that proved really popular because obviously um, there's a lot of people who like drinking mm. keg beer um, and Canberra's stance traditionally has been Ooh, cake mm. beer's bad you know? <laughs> so we were always a bit, bit wary of it and you have to get because it's a camera festival um, and to be fair you know they they cover any losses we would happen to make yeah. and as it happens the last few years we have actually made a bit of profit but they will cover us if something goes wrong yeah. if we have freak weather and people don't come yeah. or whatever might happen um, so you, you know you have to follow the camera rules um, so it has to be cast conditioned cake mm. so it's still live it's still yeast and it's still yeah, a live yeah. product um, but a lot of people just, just see the keg I mean I've one year I worked at the keg bar on the Saturday I think it was yeah so I was there for two hours working behind the bar and, and you would see people walk in uh, look at it and go keg and walk back out of it. yeah well okay yes it is <laughs> it is keg I can't deny that uh, but I always think I know it's not necessarily the, the official camera line, but I always think when camera started, it, it didn't start because there was a group of enthusiasts who particularly liked a certain way to serve mm. beer. They liked good beer. Yeah. And at the time, the good stuff was coming through hand pumps and was, was cast beer. Yeah. And the, the keg was, was really fizzy, mass-produced, mm. pretty bland stuff that was just produced to make profit. Yeah. Just make it as cheap as you can, make some profit. And if people aren't that mad keen on a particular beer well tough because, yeah. because that's all you're going to get when you walk in the pub yeah. and if that's your favourite pub you're going to have to drink that beer aren't you yeah. and, that, and, and for me that's that's the thing they wanted good beer they didn't want they didn't want it particularly ample they just wanted it to be yeah. good and I'm sure um, if you could ask the, the founders of Camera who's still around 
if you, if you gave them a pint of beer from a you know a decent pint of a keg beer, that mm. was good keg beer, I'm sure they'd say, well, that tastes great. That's that's yeah. what we always wanted. Yeah. We always wanted good that's tasting about, beer. Yeah. We wanted lots of choice, lots of good quality beer. Yeah. We didn't want just a, a handful of bland, overfitting yeah. beers. We wanted good tasty beer. And that's what you get in yeah. that place. You go and share bar stewards, and it's, they said their casks not selling too much these days it's mm. a lot of keg stuff or, or even cans um, but the stuff that you can get in there on the on the keg mm. in fact anyway you know there Crow Shakespeare yeah. you know it's good stuff um, and, and surely that's what it's about yeah and I, and I always think if you if you pulled if someone was sat there and you gave them a, a, you went into a separate room mm-hmm and got some beer and then you brought it out in a glass and put it in front of it and said then what, what do you think of that the only thing they'd have to go on is what it tastes yeah. like well not like the, what it looks like and all that but yeah. you know they'd pick it up and taste it and they went well that's really tasty I like that but then you could say you know that, that came out of a keg tap yeah and you'd plonk another one down what do you think of that well that's really nice well that one came out of a hand pump yeah. from a cask does it matter yeah, as long as it tastes nice. It doesn't matter how it got into the glass. Yeah. The, 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 the important thing is when you get it, you pick it up and you taste it and you say, that's not, yeah. I like that. You know? I mean, as a general rule, you tend to find kegs fizzier than cask. Mm. But some beer styles suit that. Yeah. Mm. I think the whole, the whole thing about choice is why I think it suits Kelham Island so well because you, obviously the fat cat, you've got the Kelham Island beers. Kelham Island Tavern, they've always got big choice in there mm. there's obviously Blue Bee uh, in Tavern you've got Shakespeare's there's beers in there that I've never seen anywhere else in Sheffield um, it's there's so much choice in this area as yeah. well I think it does just make yeah that makes sense and there's something so satisfying about having a an ale and watching the steam engine mm. run it's just <laughs> yeah. so satisfying <laughs> yeah. it's just beer and industry what more do you need yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we do pay quite a bit to run that because yeah. it's expensive. But it's so atmospheric. Oh it's yeah. Working. Um, we we toyed with the idea of putting a bar in there. Oh really? Because the, there was a bit of space we could have used, um, but we just had a thought that maybe when the engine runs, it might cause vibrations through the floor. Mm. So all that sediment that was nicely settled suddenly isn't. It did begin a lot of hazy beer. <laughs> so we we sort of decided against that. Yeah. Um, but no, I think I think going back to the festival, I think it, it's such an atmospheric place, mm. um, just because the just just what it is. Yeah, you know, um, it's a museum, and the, there's all the brickwork and the, the upstairs hall with all the roof exposed, yeah. uh, the engine room, the mill owners, because there's I don't know if there is now, but there used to be quite a lot of memorabilia stuff on the walls. Yeah, I think a lot of it's still there. It's just and, good. Uh, and it's just well, it's just a great place. Yeah. you know, as as a as a place to have a festival because there's so many different areas mm. and that's another reason why we thought this year would have just stepped it up that little bit yeah. with having another area at the back and another courtyard yeah. um, and particularly because you would have to walk through the tool collection to get to it it would also have meant people would just naturally look at what yeah. was on the walls all the all the, yeah, yeah. You know, the industrial heritage so it's well it's a shame but next year it's going to be even better everything we've got planned will will do yeah hopefully well, if anything else changes but I don't yeah. 
well I don't I, I don't think anything will change I, I think hopefully by next October things will be back to normal so we can run the festival mm. as we would have um, but it's a long way away yeah you know and there's there's, there's going to be some economic uncertainty mm. uh, when the furlough scheme finishes in particular yeah it's going to be that's that's going to be a real worry for a lot of people yeah um, so I don't know I don't know let's be positive yeah. we'll have a great festival next up it's going to be great I mean before then the Cameras National AGM is due to be in Sheffield next day oh really and it's the 50th anniversary event of Cameras oh. starting so it's a big event uh, and they picked Sheffield for it which we're quite pleased about um, but we don't know mm. it's a city hall in April um, to book the city hall for it because yeah. the national AGM gets about a thousand people. Oh wow! Uh, and we're thinking because it's the fiftieth, bit of a landmark one, and it's Sheffield, which yeah. is really well known for its beer. We think it, it they might be up at maybe twelve hundred people too yeah, for wow. it. Because um, we, as a branch, the national camera organise a lot of it. Mm. But as a branch, we have to put the bar on. We have to organise tr- uh, brewery trips and, yeah. and, and guided pub trips and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll be doing our bit. But at the moment, we're carrying on with the planning, mm-hmm. what we're going to be doing, and you know, we've got to produce a uh, booklet, and then there's the, all the uh, standard AGM stuff that companies mm-hmm. do. Um, and we've got to produce all these guides. Um, but yeah. we're already sort of saying, we've been having meetings on Zoom, and we've already been saying, we've got to plan on and plan for it, but there is a possibility, because it's April, that we might not yeah. be back to normal because I think um, camera's official guidance at the moment is no no more than 30 people for a mm. gathering well yeah. you're not, not going to have an AGM at the City Hall with 30, 30 people, people yeah. so so if that doesn't change uh, and as someone said at the last meeting they can honestly see none of that changing before mm. they get a vaccine Yeah. once we get a vaccine things might change but, but if we don't have a vaccine in April they'd be really surprised if if the guidelines have changed to the extent that you'll have 200 people to come in the city hall Um, which is a real shame because we were really keen Mm. really keen to do it because it was really you know all the camera members lots of them coming to Sheffield even if we didn't come sometimes we'll buy the the programmes and look at what's going on um, and and get some of the the documents sent through to them so we saw it as a real good chance to to promote Sheffield Uh, we're going to be putting on various brewery tours and maybe getting a couple of special beers for the bar yeah. and, and guided pub crawls because that's the other thing people come for the the standard AGM mm. business in the day and then at night yeah. it's like right you know we're, yeah. we're in Sheffield Where to, yeah. there's plenty of places to go um, so we really thought it was a good chance to, to promote Sheffield yeah. you know we'd have had some, some pub crawls planned pub crawls guided pub tours <laughs> uh, but we'd also probably been printing some up so, yeah. so they would go in the handbooks for all the visitors so yeah. you know it, like it is a, a printed little guide to Sheffield beer drinking yeah. that you can take away with you and if someone takes that back to the home in Birmingham then it was to say two months later they might convince the friends let's go up Sheffield I've got this yeah. guide it was really good let's go back and That's do it great, again yeah. that'd be great know. so we, were, we, we, we saw it as a really good chance to promote Sheffield yeah uh, Hopefully it might come off, but fifty-fifty at the moment, as I said. Yeah, fingers crossed. Touch wood. <laughs>
That is a wooden table. I hope, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, wood veneer down the end, actually, if you want to get a technique. <laughs> yeah. um, what, what's your favourite thing about organising the beer festival? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think the, one of the best things is when it's on and you're there, I don't mind doing all the working, I don't mind working the bars and doing all that stuff and, and they're long days and it's hard work but yeah. it's fine. Um, it's just when you're there and you can see it all, particularly on a Friday when it's busy, you know, because you, you, you have to keep moving around all the time. Yeah, yeah. But you're going to on the rooms and you'll see the bands are on and there's quite a lot of people enjoying that. The bars seem busy and then you go downstairs and you go in the marquee and there's, that's all going on. There's a few people playing the games. Yeah. And then, you, and then you, as you walk past, you see quite a few people getting something from the food stalls. Yeah. Last year, um, we put seats all the way down the side of the mm. marquee and we put the pizza oven down there instead of the... Um, where up by the um, engine room instead of just an open space that really worked yeah. well so it's just good to go around and, and you see it and you think this is this is working really well yeah this is a this is a great this, this is a great event everyone's yeah. having a really good time and there's a bit of pride because you just sort of think oh well we've done well yeah, <laughs> yeah. haven't we done a good job yeah you know so there's a bit of a self-satisfied oh aren't we great yeah um, but it's just really that it's just worked that well. Yeah. Some of it, some of it's probably relief that you yeah. spent that long planning and it hasn't all gone pear shaped. Um, but yeah, it's it's that and, and there are there are there's a lot of hard work and there's some long yeah, days yeah. involved. Um, but yeah, it's just and I think one thing it sounds daft, but on the, the festival runs Wednesday to Saturday, mm. we finish at ten o'clock on Saturday. We have a couple of hours dismantling. Yeah. Um, just to get started on the dismantling. Um, and then uh, the last few years the pizza oven people have stayed and at midnight they bring us a lot of pizzas that's, in that's great we pay for them we don't yeah, yeah. expect it free but, but they bring them in so it's then like right we've all had a couple of hours here's a pizza by then we've normally took the bar away in the upstairs room mm. so there's no bar left but all the racks are still there and whatever beer's left they can just add yeah. themselves to it and the museum let us stop there well about sort of half one in the morning oh, really? one. Um, so it's just everybody who's helped out stay behind free pizzas yeah free beer that's amazing um, and we just drink it's just not the marquee because the marquee we, that two hours we try and get the marquee yeah. down as much as possible um, but upstairs we whatever's left and, and to be fair I probably shouldn't tell you this but upstairs there'll be sometimes there'll be some beers where it'll say sold out and people think oh I fancied one of them oh it's sold out sorry <laughs> sorry mate you know but it hasn't <laughs> it's just we've here marked it we know there's probably you know I don't know 10 or 15 pints left in yeah. there and, and we want to have a dab at that once we finish that's, that's our reward I think that's fair as well yeah it's completely fair yeah because that's what the volunteers get they get they get free beer while they're working providing they don't go daft yeah uh, and if they work more than two shifts they get a food token so they get something yeah. to eat uh, and most people are really sensible about it mm. because it's you know it's quite busy you've got a lot going on um, and most of them want to come and help they, yeah. don't, they don't want to come and get completely sozzled so yeah. they're no good they want to help yeah, yeah. the fact that they can have two or three pints while they're doing it it's just it's just nice yeah. you know so yeah so I think it's yeah the 
while we're there and it's all working fine, it's great. And in a strange way, it's nice on Sunday. I said we have a couple hours Saturday, but Sunday we come back in at nine o'clock and and the last few years it's been nine till maybe six o'clock, half six, seven o'clock, something yeah. like that, when we finally, we've took everything down, we've taken the bars back, we borrow them from Rotherham, so we mm. take them back to their storage unit at Magna, um, and we take all our stuff back, we store it under the cellars, under Sheffield Brewery, oh, we've right. got a storage area down there, we take everything back there, everything's put away, and uh, and then the, whatever whatever group of people are left because yeah. normally during the day some people say well I can work four hours yeah. and I've got to leave so by the time you get to the end of the day you're down to maybe eight or nine people yeah. um, and at that point we all just nip over to the Kellum Tavern nice. <laughs> or plonk ourselves down <laughs> you know the festival kitty buys everybody a drink <laughs> and we sit and have that and, and you're absolutely knackered but at that point, it's done. Yeah. It's done. You can get a drink. You can all have a chat about it. But you sit there with a sort of, yeah, we've yeah we made a good job of that. Yeah, that went that went well. We're all pleased that it's worked. Yeah. So yeah. So so probably the best thing is just that self satisfied. Yeah. Haven't, haven't we been great? Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone that goes, everyone I've been with, so many different friends, and everyone's come out and said that was you know really enjoyed it. It was such mm-hmm. a good time. And. Well, I know my daughter. Well, you know my daughter. Yeah. Um, first time she she came, I don't know what she was expecting, but she came and, and I saw her. <laughs> I, I don't know, she'd been there about half an hour and I bumped in. She went, Dad, Dad, this is brilliant. <laughs> I, what were you expecting? <laughs> but she thought it was really good. Um, and, of course, all her friends, including yourself, who came, yeah. went, thought, this is great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, it's really good. I've got some of my friends who... who they like their beer, but they're not involved in camping. Yeah. Um, but they've been down, and they were sort of. I think they were surprised. I think a lot of people think beer festival, it's just a hall with one row of casks yeah. with some twiggy beer with bits floating in it, <laughs> and that's all it is. Yeah. So when they turn up and it's a really nice setting, and there's some music going on, and there's some properly set up bars, and there's some food stalls, yeah. and and they just think. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is like a big event. This yeah. is this is a well-run event. I didn't realise. I thought yeah. thought it was just some <laughs> just some old blokes drinking beer in a <laughs> in a tent or something. I think the past few times I've been as well, there's a lot, a lot more younger people yeah. go into it, which is good. Yeah, yeah, and and um, and I noticed, um, which is a good thing, uh, more females. Mm which is good I mean at one point we had Louisa was the organiser mm-hmm. uh, we had Kate Major who, who helped from the crew with, with Chris mm-hmm. um, she was uh, I think she was staffing officer we've got si- uh, Sarah who does a side role title Sarah, Sarah and Hazel um, Fiona now is, is deputy organiser mm-hmm. um, so we've, we've we've always had quite a few women involved yeah um, which is good because what camera wants to try and get away from is the idea that, that anything to do with camera is like retired blokes with yeah. beards and sandals. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we'd like to get away from that. The keg beer's helped because yeah. the keg beer has brought younger, younger people in. Um, so yeah, it's, it's quite pleasing. I've worked the, at the festival, I've worked the, the uh, entrance desk a few times. Mm. So you've had an hour on there taking the you know, payment, yeah, yeah. giving people the programmes and all that. So you see everybody who's coming through and it is quite yeah. a nice quite a nice mix of people. We do get some 
bearded camera people, <laughs> and that's fine. Um, but you do get some younger people and some women, and it's yeah. it's it's good to see. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because you need to you need to get away from that stereotype. Yeah. Really. And it's beer. I mean, crack is just a drink. <laughs> yeah. Why why is why is a particular drink seen as a male rather than female? It's just that's a very good point. It's daft. Yeah. <laughs> it's what it is. It really is. Um, I've only got two questions left to ask you they're quite big questions mm. you can be as diplomatic as you'd like with them yeah what's your favourite pub in all Sheffield <laughs> all of them next question and what's your favourite beer that's also all of them um, or what's your favourite type of beer it's hard yeah I mean the, the pubs it's, it's hard to say because there are certain ones certain ones I like more than others um, I, I like it round Kellum mm. let's say that but I like it because there's, there's a bit of a buzz to it and if you come out on a Friday night and, and you'll see lots of people moving around yeah. you bump into seeing people in two or three different places because they're basically doing the same yeah. pub crawl as you uh, and I like it for that so I mean obviously I've been towards Kellum but outside well let's name names I mean out, once you get away from Kellum it's like the Blake Hotel's great pub mm-hmm. I mean you go out Chapel Town the commercial at Chapel Town I love the commercial yeah it's fantastic you know, it's just a it's just a pity that there's nothing else around it yeah. it's like an oasis in the desert really um, assuming you're not drinking at the spoons up the road yeah um, no never spoons no. I think it's the, the new app that you can download it's available now on all app stores yeah it tells where all the good independent pubs are yeah I'm, I'm, I don't know I mean I, the, the problem with the spoons for me is yes yeah, sometimes they put they put quite a few real ales on yeah. so there seems to be quite a good choice but you just know that the breweries they were supplying have been screwed down to an absolute, yeah. you know, ridiculous price. Yeah. Just because, oh, well, we've got lots of volume. Yeah, but we need, we need profit to actually pay the bills and yeah. pay for his wages. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so although they put some, sometimes they put some reasonable beers on, they're just, they're just screwing the brewers down yeah. on price. Um, plus, I don't think he covered himself in glory uh, no. when the lockdown started Definitely and that, that annoyed me um, but if I'm, if I'm talking as a camera representative I have no comment to make on weather spoons <laughs> I'm talking as me I don't like it um, but yeah um, I mean I, where I live um, there's quite a few good pubs around Broomhill particularly like the Itchy Pig mm. I don't think I can upset anybody by saying I like the Itchy no, Pig no I like the Itchy Pig uh, and I, and I do like the, the new micro pubs. I, I quite like, you know, there's, there's quite a few of them. I had a beer house, was the first one, mm-hmm. obviously. Then uh, you get Portland House down the road, um, Itchy Pig, Walkley Beer Co. Um, God, what else is there? Um, there's one up at Crooks, well, two at Crooks, two sheds, early bar, mm-hmm. then little, little sort of places. Yeah. I, I do quite like them. Um, I know the, the guy who runs early bar. And I think they opened, I think the week or two before oh, yeah. everything got closed. <laughs> the worst time to the open. The worst time to open. But I popped up uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was really nice. I like how they've, because I think they've got the Dort- Dortmunder, it's mm. a cake lager. Yeah, I think they have, yeah. But again, I've not really seen that anywhere else yeah. around. And you're walking from Kellam Island up Crooksmoor Road, up into oh. Crooks, I, I needed something nice. <laughs> nice and cold and refreshing. It was, yeah. it was quite nice. But um, yeah, the micro pubs that are, they just seem to be popping up all over now, mm. which is it is really really good. Yeah. Well, you know, it, when they started, I mean, 
they started down in Kent, didn't they? I've been in the, the first one, the Butcher's mm. Arms in her. Um, and it and it was that's that's the sort of blueprint they've all followed. Yeah. Take a small unit, so it's quite hopefully if the if the rents aren't bad because mm. you know, people have been struggling to rent high street premises off. Yeah. Um, then you can get a reasonable smallish place, reasonable rent. You don't spend a fortune on it. You don't need a PRS license. You've not you're not got your fruit machine, yeah. your Sky TV. So there's none of those overheads. Oh, yeah. So you can do it fairly cheap. But just get a nice little room, put some decent beer on. Yeah. Friendly staff. People you come. People turn up. Yeah. You know? And it's and, and I think they've all sort of followed the same blueprint. It's yeah. Been, been great. I mean, I've been in some micro pubs where there's no bar. You just sit down and someone walks over and you read a list on the wall, <laughs> and then they go off into a little side room, pour it, bring yeah. it back out to you. That's great. You know, that's that's. Probably the, the even better way of doing yeah. it because then you're not wasting floor space on yeah, the bar. Yeah, definitely. You know. um, but yeah, I think I think micro pubs are pretty good. Mm. Um, as for local breweries, oh, crikey, yes, they're all great. <laughs> they are. They are. <laughs> I can't I can't pick anybody out um, because obviously, um, if I'm doing sponsorship, because I'll probably still be doing sponsorship at the festival, <laughs> I might be approaching lots of them yeah. for sponsorship. So the last thing I want to say, <laughs> you've never mentioned us. <laughs> um, we like all of them I did I see True North have brewed stones mm, the original yes. recipe so I've never been a bitter fan some of them are okay some of them I can get on with but it was always my granddad's drink mm. oh stones back yeah. in the day so I'll probably go and have a pint of stones yeah. for I, I was talking to Alan at Bar Stewards um, the other day and uh, and he said he'd, he'd tried it and he said it was pretty good yeah um, I mean I like I like a traditional bitter. Mm. I mean, the, there's some beers where you pick them up and it's a traditional, old-fashioned bitter. Yeah. And I quite like it. Whether that's nostalgia from when I was 18, <laughs> I don't know. But um, but, I, but I like I like anything. I like imperial stouts. Yeah. I, I quite like sweet stouts. I like pale ales. You know, I quite like really hoppy yeah. pale ales. Likewise, if I'm sat in the sunshine, I'll go for a nothing something that's nothing like as hoppy just yeah. a, a session beer just something that's that's nice not overpowering but nice just mm. knock a couple back yeah um i'm not overly a, a big fan of sours mm. i have to say i've had i've had a few that i've liked um and it might just be a acquired taste i might yeah. end up getting used to um but other than that yeah like, i mean i'll drink lager it's a good lager. Yeah. If I'm in, if I'm in Czech Republic, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm probably going to drink lager, and it's very good. Um, I'll I'll try sours if they sound enticing enough. Mm. Maybe just try half or have yeah. a little taste first. Tried one in um, Head of Steam a while ago. It was a satsiki sour. Oh. It was like a creamy cucumbery beer. It was really odd. Yeah, but it was kind of nice. But sometimes these things. It was quite nice. Yeah, do work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's not something I'd say I'm particularly against. I don't. If I'm in a, a bar, I don't automatically look to see what the sours are. Yeah, uh, but I have had them, and and particularly this is another advantage. Uh, I'll make this point to anybody who's listening to the podcast. <laughs> if you help at the beer festival while you're working, you've got a glass. You can just keep keep yeah. taking a little bit off on the casks. And have a try, see what you think of it. You know, we're saying you're allowed to drink 
two or three or four pints while you're working. Yeah. If that isn't four pints, that's 15 little tastes of different beers. Yeah. So fine, if, if we're not busy, try a few things out, yeah. you know. So I know, I know we have got one or two people who... I'm sure the sole reason they come and volunteer at the festival is so they can get behind the bar yeah. and try fifteen to twenty yeah. beers out because they only just pull a little bit off, yeah, yeah. just to just have a taste try of it. it. So yeah, so anybody who fancies helping, that's that's one of the big advantages. If people did want to help, how would they get in touch? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that means um, well, we normally we normally put something on the website, so you go on the just type in Sheffield Steel City Beer Cider Festival yeah. you'll find it uh, you're on the website and there's a, a volunteer it's quite clear when you click on festivals it tells about the festival and, and then something comes yeah. up and says why not volunteer and you can click on that yeah, yeah. It basically you put your details in tell us if you've got any experience and it doesn't matter if you haven't mm-hmm. because we find things for you to do uh, just enter your details what shifts you want to do so if you can only come and work from 12 o'clock till 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon yeah. or Friday afternoon, fine. Yeah. Just, just click the box and that's, that's you know. All we would ask is if you volunteer, turn up. Yeah. Because you'd be amazed. That, but we must get between 25 and 35% of the people who volunteer don't turn yeah. up. Yeah. So you, you have to work on however many volunteers you think you've got. You've only really got two-thirds of that. Yeah. Um, and it's just amazing that sometimes you see the same names year after year. Yeah. They volunteer and then don't turn up, and then the following year they do it again. Why are you bothering? Yeah. <laughs> it's you know, but but yeah. So so we're always on the lookout for volunteers. Yeah. And I know I know people really enjoy it. One of my daughter's friends, her and her boyfriend, last year. I don't know. They'd been to the festival and enjoyed it, and I'd been saying something about volunteers. Yeah. We'd seen them one time. And they said, oh, well, I think we might come and help. And they came. I think they did 12 till 3 yeah. on Saturday. Uh, and they worked the side of our, I put yeah. the side of our upstairs um, and just basically took them up. Because if it's somebody's new, we'll take them to where they go yeah. and explain what they do. We don't just throw them in. So I took them up and I said, look, this is, these are all the things behind you. This is, it's got the strengths here, the description here. If someone's not quite sure, you can give them a little taste, you know. And uh, when you pull it, don't touch the glass on the tap. And, yeah. You know, be a few basics, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I said, you know, everybody comes up and they're not sure. I have, to have a chat to them. Yeah. What do you fancy? And, you know, and they'll say sweet. And you look around, look at the ladies and go, oh, that's sweet. Yeah. You want to try that one? Yeah. And after after three hours when they'd finished the shift, they were both like, they've really enjoyed this. Yeah. We're coming back next year. <laughs> And I don't think it was because they were hammering the side. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think they were actually working. I think they might have had a couple of tasters, but they didn't. They didn't yeah. much. And some people work and don't have to drink while they're working. Yeah. In which case, when they finish, their bar manager will give them a few tokens yeah. so they can go and sit down and they're not working, but they can come back and enjoy them, Andrew, yeah. a few beers for free yeah. for, for working. So it's, uh, no, it's just great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to next year. Yeah. I should I should hope as a volunteer. I I will definitely consider that <laughs> after hearing the the yeah. perks of uh, volunteering. Yeah, I'll uh, I think I'll be putting my name down. You would you'd enjoy it, and, so. and what you find is that by and large everybody who comes in, the customers, are all a pretty friendly bunch. Yeah, we don't we, we don't seem to get any. Well, we've had the odd bit where someone's been mouthing off a little bit, but the security cut that out yeah. straight away. Um, I, I don't think we've ever, as far as I know, we've never had 
anything more than a bit of people getting a bit boisterous yeah. once they've had a drink or two. And as long as security step in, tell them to calm down, and they do, which generally yeah. do, then we don't, we don't really have any trouble. When you no. think what we're doing, we're selling yeah. beer to a lot of people, yeah. and some of it's like 9, 10% strength. Yeah. You'd, you'd think you might run into a few problems, but you don't. Yeah. Which I, I think it is just such a nice atmosphere. Everyone's there for the same reason. Everyone's yeah. there to try new things. People might be there with their mates and... I think it is just such a nice it is just that nice yeah. atmosphere and, and the other thing you're paying to get in so if somebody's yeah. intention is to go out for the night and, and drink loads yeah. of and start a fight well why are you paying five pounds to yeah. come in somewhere yeah. like, you can go to a pub to do that yeah. um, so I think that, that's it sort of self it self regulates the people yeah. coming in the fact that there's an admission charge I yeah. suppose so that's, that's pretty good yeah. Um, but yeah so to answer your questions all Sheffield breweries are great. <laughs> All Sheffield pubs are great. <laughs> Except where <Weatherspoons. laughs> <laughs> Oh, Fab. I mean, well, thank you very much, Paul. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, oh, one other thing I was going to mention while we're here um, <laughs> is the, the, there's a petition to... Yes. Um, petition the government about the changes to small brewers' mm-hmm. relief. Um, brewers below 5,000 hectolitres, I think it is, a year get 50% yeah. relief on the, on the duty um, and that has helped an awful lot of medium sized brewers to, to be successful, well be successful, to be profitable mm. the government are proposing to drop it from 5,000 to 2,000 so it takes a whole swathe of the industry, mm. suddenly they've got a lot more duty to pay, yeah. well if they've got more duty to pay, they can't simply put 50 pence on the pint of pine yeah. on the, because well, it's just not people won't buy it they can't do that they're just going to have to pay that money and take it out of their own profit yeah. and the stupid thing is that the brewing industry's had a real resurgence in the last I don't know 10-15 years wherever it is mm. and and some of it's probably happened because there's been this assistance to small brewers yeah. they've been getting held by having their duty reduced so they can produce a little bit more without being walloped for tax yeah. and that just means there's more brewers there's more Brewers being viable, yeah. producing more different beer, giving us more choice, more interesting things. Definitely. It's been a big success story. And, yeah. and now, for whatever reason, I can only assume some of the bigger brewers have been lobbying the government basically to try and cut some of the competition. Yeah. And it's just straightforward, I think it's just straightforward, some of them trying to get rid of some of the people yeah. who are taking their market share. And they're taking their market share because the big ones aren't aren't supplying what yeah. people want. And instead of working that out and supplying what people yeah. want, they're just trying to cut the competition away. Um, and it's it's a disgrace. I mean, um, I had a message from Robin Baker, one of the salesmen at uh, Abbeydale Brewery, and he said they 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 brought nineteen thousand um, hectolitres a year, so they're they're way over the threshold yeah, anyway. Yeah. But he said they're vehemently opposed to it. Because they know that's when they started, they were that yeah. smallish brewer that were just building up, um, you know. And you, and you want some, you want some help. And and Abigail, formed by uh, Pat and Sue Morton, was formed because they wanted to brew yeah. beers and beers. It was some businesses are started by people who want to make money, mm. and some businesses are started by people who are passionate about what they do. And yeah. that's that's what that was. And so they're interested in beer. So if there's another company. In Sheffield, who's smaller than them, was producing some interesting. Yeah. They, they think that's great. You know, they do collaboration brews. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of that goes on with Sheffield 
uh, yeah. community. A lot of collaboration brews. A lot of people know each other, and it is generally pretty friendly. Mm. Even even companies who are clearly against each other, you know, yeah. they, will, they will go and tap on the like we're in the fat cat. They'll come and tap on the door. Can I sell you a couple of casks? Well, one of the other brewers might have beat them to it that morning. Yeah. And sold them something. So they're all in competition, but they're not. I don't know. They they're not. It's like, it's like it's they just accept it. It's yeah. We're in competition, but it's not personal. So we, you know, we yeah. know each other, and we'll go in a pub and have a chat with yeah. them and have a beer with them. Uh, but it is this this. I, d- I don't know that it, it just must be that somebody has been lobbying the government to try and remove some of their competition. Yeah, yeah. And somebody's falling for it, and and they've created some excuse as to why they think it's a good idea, mm. and somebody's running with it. Even the last five or six years, there's been so many new brewers pop up just in Sheffield, mm. and obviously starting out. Oh, yeah. It's that. It's a it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, a lot of them are, too, are small. I mean, I, I, I've talked to Josh at Blue Bee, and he's he's underneath the, the threshold, so it won't affect him. Mm. Um, but you don't need to step up too much before you start getting to it. Yeah. And if somebody has then brought that ceiling down dramatically. It's like, yeah. what, do you, what do you do when you get to that point? Because you can start to grow, but it's just going to cause you problems. Yeah. So you might want to stay where you are. It's just, yeah. I don't know, it's crazy. It, when you look at all the evidence of how successful the brewing industry has been, and that's been a contributory factor, why on earth is it being changed? Yeah. The cynic in me says, yeah. there's somebody somewhere who's friends, somebody in the government yeah. is friends with, someone at the one of the brewers, and, and it's been pushed because of that. Yeah. But that's just me being cynical. I've well, signed the petition. Yeah. And I'll encourage yeah, everyone, anyone that's listening, to sign it as well. Yeah. There's a petition that's got thirty odd thousand signatures. It needs more, so yeah. Yeah. Keep signing. Yeah. Okay. Fab. Anything else you want to ask? I think that's it. All right. That's it. Thank <laughs> you very much. No, no. Thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me along for a chat. <laughs> more than welcome. <laughs> Paul, honestly, such a lovely bloke, um, and we had a really good chat. Uh, but he did, he raised a good point about the camera discount. I'd never thought about that before. Um, like an extra twenty p, it's not going to break the bank, is it? Um, and pubs and brewers need as much support as they as they can get at the minute. So I certainly won't be using that anytime soon. Um, I, I also enjoyed the little interlude where we spoke about Paul's handiwork. Uh, and all about the wooden chocks for the kegs. Um, one, just a nice little interlude that was between the beer chat. Um, but yeah, as we mentioned, please, please, please do sign the Small Brewers Tax Relief uh, Petition. Um, Sheffield has played such a big role in independent brewing, so it's it's a massive part of what makes Sheffield great for beer. Um, small breweries starting out maybe aren't going to have that opportunity now to, to grow and become the next I don't know the next Bradfield the next Aberdale so please yeah please do sign sign that petition uh, if you just search for it uh, small brewers tax relief petition online you'll be able to find it uh, with the beer festival though yeah keep an eye out for that call to volunteers for the festival um, not only are you helping to run a great event you get free beer what, what's not to love about that what more do you need and I, I really wasn't joking. I'm, my name will be down for that volunteers list. Uh, Paul, Paul really convinced me. Um, so I'll see you there next year on either side of the bar. 
Um, but yeah, do keep an eye out. They are always on the lookout for volunteers, so please do sign up if you are able to. But that's it for now. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm I'm still talking to pubs about being on the podcast, but uh, the situation is changing so much all the time. So yeah, I'm not sure when the next episode is going to be, but I'll try and get one out as as soon as I can, really. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, if you follow me on Instagram uh, at the not so sober bar crawl, I've got like 24 German beers, some Oktoberfest beers and some craft beers that I'm going to be talking about, posting about, um, they'll look delicious. Um, but yeah, follow me on Instagram, you'll know when the next episode's coming out on there and you'll get to see me talk about other beers as well. Uh, I'm going to go around and try and visit some of the, the other pubs that I visited on the sober bar crawl as well. Uh, just have a nice a nice pint in there. Um, but yeah, please support your local pubs. Um, it means a lot to them at the minute and they, they really do need it. So drink local, support your locals, don't drink at Weatherspoons. Um, yeah, that's it. Until Until the next time, whenever that may be. Thank you for listening so far. Make sure you stay safe. Uh, grab yourself another drink because... You know, why not? I'm going to take another sip of my, my Belgian blue. So yeah, stay safe, grab yourself a drink, and cheers.